Good morning. This is Chickie Fitzgerald with the Executive Girlfriends Group, and we have a really special treat today. It's Tuesday, January 20th, 2015, and back by popular demand, we have Peter Shankman. And Peter is just about to release a new book called Zombie Loyalists, using great service to create rabid fans. And I have to tell you, this book has been so much fun to read. Peter, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be back. So, Peter, tell us a little bit about uh, yourself. You know, I, I know now you you are doing uh, a lot of consulting and, and helping big-name brands figure out, you know, how to take customers who, you know, have, they've been members of loyalty programs, but that hasn't made them loyal. Uh, so we're going to talk uh, a lot about that, but first let's talk about you. Uh, first of all, when I first met you, you were single, and that's not the case anymore. You actually uh, are a father and, and of more than just a couple of cats. Right. I'm definitely a father. I have a great uh, 20-month-year-old daughter. She's wonderful, uh, really the highlight of my life. And uh, actually, when I uh, when I first met you, you weren't uh, anywhere near as svelte as you are today. You you have uh, really uh, transformed physically and become uh, you know you do a, a lot with uh, staying fit and running. And uh, I don't think you were doing that when we first met. Well, you know, you gotta keep in shape. You gotta try your best. You know, it's, it's uh, especially now being a dad. You know, you wanna. Or be in good enough shape to, to, to play with your kids and, and, and things like that. So, um, you know, it's important to me. I, I, do a lot of, uh, I do a lot of running. I've done a few Ironman triathlons, um, things like that. So definitely, definitely uh, a good way to be. Well, and so incredibly challenging for somebody who travels as much as you do. I, you know, I mean, I follow you on social media, which is a, a feat in and of itself because you you are so active on social media. And, but you're always on an airplane going somewhere. It's true. We're in a car. I'm actually uh, we're doing this interview as I'm driving to a uh, I'm giving a speech this afternoon in Jersey. So I'm I'm currently in the Garden State, uh, driving through uh, uh, beautiful New Jersey. Well, terrific. Uh, so Peter, tell us tell us from a business perspective where where you've come from, and you know how how does Peter Shankman make the kind of impact that you have, and and really, Zombie Loyalists is I would say the culmination of of your business life because you have created businesses that have created fans of you and the services and those businesses um, help a reporter out is, is the one that you were operating when I first met you and it was in its very early stages you hadn't even moved to your own platform yet and you built up so much value in that that somebody came along and bought it from you right yeah you know I think at the end of the day um businesses that succeed the most, uh, they do two things. They fill a need, obviously, but they're also beneficial to people. Um, the nice thing about Arrow is that in addition to it making a lot of revenue, it also helps a tremendous amount of people um, really get where they need to go in their business. You know, we've launched businesses, we've gotten businesses acquired, we've gotten businesses uh, funded, you know, all because they've gotten pressed to the service that Arrow was. So for me, being able to do that is a really nice a really nice way to be. And I think that, that if, I think the more you focus on sort of doing your doing your best in your job that also helps build a a better world for other people, the the more money you'll make. I, I don't think enough people realize that 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 you can make a lot of money uh by simply helping others. It it really is pretty incredible. 
Right, right. Well, it's interesting because uh, Harrow played such an important role in in our launching of uh, multiple radio shows. At one point, uh, we were operating uh, eight different radio shows, and and we got all of our guests uh, through through Harrow. So uh, you really helped this show. Uh, as well as our Solutions Live and the show that we do on giving back. Uh, so, you know, I know you, you you no longer own it, but thank you so much for all that you did during that time. So what did you do after you sold um, Harrow? Well, after I sold Harrow, I, I tried to take some time off. That that didn't last very long. Um, I didn't really know how. So I uh, I wound up uh, writing a book called, uh, Ken, uh, what, what was the book called? Nice Companies Finish First, where I focused on, Companies that actually uh, treat their employees better, that actually treat the environment better, actually went up making more money. And uh, that book was my first bestseller that came out about two years ago. Um, since then, I've launched a series of, uh, of uh, mastermind, uh, mastermind um, seminars, day-long mastermind seminars called Shank Mind. And Shank Mind is a series of, of seminars for small to mid-sized businesses all around the country. Uh, we're doing one in New York. We're doing one in um, – uh, we're doing our fourth one in New York, actually. We're doing uh, another one in Denver, in Raleigh, in Vegas. Uh, we have a, we have about 24 of them coming up this year. You can find them at shankminds.com. Uh, really good stuff. We um, we help uh, small and mid-sized companies all around the world sort of break out of their comfort zone and really grow. It's an exciting day. Um, then of course I wrote Zombie Loyalists, and that's coming out in about a week. Well, I will tell you, the stories that you tell in this book are, are really amazing and so energizing. I was uh, actually uh, picked it back up uh, to read uh, a little bit more of it on Friday night and unfortunately left it in the seat back pocket of the airplane. So, uh, you know, whoever got a hold of that got uh, not only the nuggets from your book but all my notes about it because I was thinking about how it applied even to the customer that I was uh, seeing on Friday because we were talking about, uh, and you know, I know you have a lot of stories about the travel industry because you travel so much. And as you know, um, I have spent my entire adult life uh, in the travel industry and 19 years consulting uh, to some of the biggest brands uh, in travel. And boy, the travel industry needs a lot of help. So why don't, uh, since I don't have the book in front of me, why don't you give us some of your favorite stories, Peter, of, of how people have really just gotten back to delivering what they say they're going to deliver and really delighting the customer? You know, it's funny. We expect such poor customer service from companies all around the world. We really do. We expect, you know, when you go to the airport, we expect to be anal pro for the TSA. Then we expect our flight to be delayed, moved to a different gate. We expect our seat to be changed from the front all the way to the back. So when companies do something as simple as keep the flight on time in the right gate and you still have the seat that you were assigned, you're over the moon. So think about that. You have so little you need to do to get your customers happy. All we have to do is be one level above crap. Um, because we expect crap. Being one level above crap actually turns customers into fans. Being two or three levels above crap turns them into raging fans and, of course, zombie loyalists. The beauty of um, two or three levels above crap is that it's so really not hard. Um, I've worked with companies where, you know, you just expect the worst. And so when you get basic service, you're thrilled. You know, what's the great joke? Uh, 
two guys are out in the woods jogging, and they see a bear, and the bear's about to attack them, and, and the, the first one bends down, he tightens up his running shoes, and the second one says, dude, don't be crazy, you can't outrun a bear. The first one says, I don't need to outrun a bear, I need to outrun you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, tell us about one of the companies that you've worked with, um, you know, that has really seen the profitability results from shifting the focus uh, from product really back to the customer? Well, I mean, you look at uh, United Airlines is a great example. And I know that so many people dislike United, but, you know, they're changing so better. Um, it's a lot of fun. If you look at what they're doing, just in terms of, of the flight attendants who are smiling more, those little simple maneuvers, smiling more, nothing more than that. Smiling more can, can bring you tremendous increased revenue because, again, if you expect your situation to be so horrible and they're doing something as simple as smiling more and that in itself is more than another airline is doing, they're going to win. So the simple act of telling your employees, hey, you know what, feel free to smile more, feel free to crack the occasional joke, feel free to say whatever it is you want to say, you know, and they do that and they get these responses that are, are pretty much just off the moon. And so to be able to see that, happen and to be able to understand where the revenue comes from from that is pretty awesome. Right. And, you know, Peter, I see so many companies who are spending so much effort trying to understand social media and trying to figure out how to create viral videos and, and to have their products go viral. And the premise that you really build in this book is that the only thing really worth making viral is the story about your service and, well, and you know, giving people a way to tell the great things because they don't take time to do that. I'll take it a step further. All you really have to do is be able to treat um, your customers well, and they will in turn make your stories viral for you. They will tell the world how great you are, and they will share that with their world. And let's face it, if I trust, my, if I trust someone and ask them a question, you know, where should I go to get my whatever? You know, who am I going to trust more, a commercial from a company who I know is trying to sell me or my best friend who just used this company and recommends them who I trust? So, right. so it really is a no-brainer, and it's amazing that companies don't even bother to think about it. Well, and you tell a, a story about, uh, again, being, being on an airplane and sitting next to somebody who, who had headphones that, that you hadn't seen before. Why don't, why don't you tell us a little bit about what happened from that? Well, I mean, there are a couple of stories like that. They're actually, the, my favorite one on the airplane is, is the person who I get on the plane and there's um, I take out, I, 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 I'm sitting down and I'm about to take out, take off my jacket, and from my jacket pocket I take out my laptop and my iPad and my headphones. And the person next to me is looking at me crazy because essentially I'm doing the clown car thing where I'm taking, you know, eight, car, eight clowns out of a Volkswagen. <laughs> and, right. and the person goes, how, how the heck do you saw that stuff? And I said, oh, it's the Scotty event. I, I, I love this company. I, I, I work with them. They, I'm really a fan. And as I'm telling her about it, she goes, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. She goes, my husband can totally use this. She goes on their web, on their laptop and buys like four jackets. And they're not cheap. They're probably like 250 bucks a piece. And a couple of hours later in flight, she looks at, she's reading the thermal catalog and she says, is this your same jacket that you're wearing? I go, yeah, yeah. She goes, can I tell you, she did a much better job selling it to me than this, than this advertisement. <laughs> so right there, that tells you I'm a raving fan. I'm a zombie loyalist for um, the Scotty Vest. And I, right. I told this person, and this person now believes it. They're now loyal to the company. You know, 
all you have to do, make a great product, treat the customer well when selling to them, follow up with them, make sure they're happy. It, it's not rocket science. It really is not. Well, and, you know, it's funny. We don't think about the companies that, that we are, are loyal to. We don't always think about it because it's become who we are. And I'm, I have always been an, an Apple zombie loyalist. Uh, until recently when they've started screwing up a little bit with their operating systems. And, you know, I, I guess we all need Steve Jobs back because, uh, you know, we're not getting the level of quality. So there, there does have to be a lineup of not only service quality but product quality because yep. you can't maintain those zombie loyalists if you start giving them crap. Well, I talk about that in the book. You know, if, if I have a waiter who's just awesome to me, you know, he's the greatest waiter in the world, but my food comes out and there's eggshells in it, it's cold, and the, it's not the temperature I wanted, and, you know, I, my sides are wrong, it doesn't matter if that's the kitchen's fault or some new cook or whatever, that waiter is not going to be able to support the weight of the problems that that company is now having. So, you know, I tell a great story in the book about how... Uh, uh, you know, if you, have, if you have one problem, lose one customer, okay, maybe they weren't happy. You know, you got to do better. But if you look at it from a medical condition, it's different. Imagine if you wake up one morning with a pimple. Okay, you have a pimple. You put some stuff on it, you try to get the pimple to go away. If you wake up the next morning and you have 30 pimples, well, you don't know they have a pimple. Now you have a skin condition. And that's <laughs> signifying a deeper problem. So that's really where the question comes. How do you figure out that middle ground? Right. Right. Yeah, and you know, again, I think getting that blocking and tackling right uh is so key for companies who who think that they I mean, everybody knows that you would like to have zombie loyalists, but not every company can just decide they're going to adopt this strategy tomorrow without knowing the underlying things that have to be done. So when you get called into a company, Peter, uh, on a consulting basis now, um where do you start with them? What, do you, what questions do you ask, and what questions should those people who are listening today be asking of themselves as they're waiting for your book to be delivered? Well, the first thing you have to ask them is, why are you not doing this? Why are you not focusing the most on customer service? Because you should be surprised at the answer. The answer is usually things like, I'm not allowed to. You know, corporate doesn't let me. Or we have to follow this model or this pattern. We have to do this specific thing. And the problem there is that if you're, if you're, if you're doing that, you, know, you could be biting off your nose by your face. So you have to ask yourself, is this what we want to be doing? Is this the right way to be working? And so sometimes before it's even a customer service issue, it has to come down to a corporate culture issue. Is the corporate culture accurate for what we're doing and how we want to grow? And you have to ask that question sometimes multiple times until you get the right answer. Um, I've had employees who have told me that they've worked and they've tried so hard to make the change, and when they finally realized they couldn't, they changed and they left the company. Right. Because they understand that a company that doesn't respect their audience, respect their customers, won't be in business for that long. And, you know, never, never believe that you understand the best idea for your company because you don't. The, you don't control the direction of your company. You never have. The people who control the direction of your company are your, are your customers, and then secondarily, your employees by listening to your customers. So, you know, you might sit up in your CEO office and think that you're not, you know what you're doing best. Chances are you don't. And if you're not listening, you'll lose. Right. Right. And, and that's such a hard, hard thing uh, 
to buy when, when you do have a heart for the customer of, of realizing that you're in a company that doesn't. And, you know, the, all the profit pressures of the last number of years, you know, since the economic crisis have actually generated more companies that are product and profit focused um, rather than, you know, I think it's undone a lot of the progress that we made, uh, you know, in, in the late 90s and, and certainly the early uh, 2000 timeframe, um, you know, when I was doing the most consulting is, you know, I saw companies actually investing in reshaping their culture and refocusing their product direction on the customer. And, and I, I just am not seeing as much of that now. What, what would you say about, about the difference in what you see in companies today? I think that companies understand that, you know, it's a lot of um, – it's a lot of the, the interesting part that kills me about this is that you have the possibility of creating more profit by simply being nice. You have a better chance of making more money by having a better corporate culture, and yet companies still have a disconnect there. You know, they are of the belief that being nice is only for the sake of being nice, and I've tried to explain to them that being nice actually generates a lot more money. And the companies that sit down and actually listen, they get it. But right. there's this, there's this, still this 1980s mentality of Gordon Gekko, eat your young, you know, now take no prisoners, that they don't want to be nice. And yet they're losing money that way. And technically, if they're a public company, you could argue that they're, they're violating their fiduciary responsibility right. by not being nice. So, you know, it seems like uh, if someone is on a path of wanting to change, that it would be a really good idea for them, you know, first to go back and and read the book that you wrote in 2014, Nice Companies Finish First. And you also uh, wrote an earlier book um, uh, about customer service and, and the new rules in the social media world, which, you know, I think that's what people need to understand about social media is that you don't do social media and hope people will, will react. I think that's why people are so disillusioned. Companies are disillusioned about their social media efforts because they're expecting input and output rather than, you know, having it really be viral sharing. Um, you know, I also remember, Peter, the first time that um, I interviewed you, we were talking about your your book that you wrote in 2006 called uh, Can We Do That? And talking about, you know, doing outrageous things that, that actually attract attention and, and outrageous PR stunts. And, you know, I think that there, there is still a place for that. But what we're talking about is baking into a company culture more than just an appreciation for the customer, understanding that you don't exist without them and, and that it's really vital. Um, Peter, tell us uh, a little bit about your, your consulting work. Um, you, you work primarily with, with big-name brands, or, or if you've got a, a, a company that is uh, perhaps smaller and, and in, in an earlier stage, do you get involved with those companies as well? I do. I work with big-name brands, smaller brands. Uh, for me, it's really about um, focusing on a company that believes that they need to change or understands that change is mandatory. Uh, and understands the customer has to be first, and they want to shine above the rest. I love that. I love getting that opportunity. It's just so much fun. And so I've worked with companies ranging from American Express, um, uh, Sheridan Hotels, I mean, you know, all the way out there, tons and tons of different companies, uh, teaching them how, how to, whether it's talking to them or speaking or, or going in on the ground, 
you know, teaching them better ways to understand their customer and to understand what their customer is thinking, how to get in their customer's head. Right. And, you know, Peter, I love how you're, you're marketing the book. Um, on, on the site, zombieloyalist.com, uh, if you're listening to this show and would, would like to read the book, I will tell you don't just buy one because as soon as you start reading it, you're going to think of five people minimum that you want to give it to. And, and so Peter has structured a, 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 a series of offerings um, where you can buy multiple books and, and actually get a little bit of Peter uh, in the equation. So, Peter, how did that come about? Yeah, you know, I had this idea that, that I wanted people to understand that the book was written by a real person, by someone who, you know, exists and who wants to help them, not just written uh, by a faceless, soulless corporation. And so, you know, you buy one book off your case study, you buy 10 books, I'll give you 15 minutes on the phone. You know, buy 50 books, I'll take you lunch. You know, I, I want people to realize that it's real and that you can you can actually get more value than just the book. Even though there is tremendous value in the book, you can actually get more than that. Right. Well, you know, for those of you who are who are trying to figure out how to expand expand your businesses, uh, you know, not just reading the book, but even even just dissecting how Peter has structured the Zombie Loyalist site is is really designed, you know, to create zombie loyalists. And and to to multiply uh, the the new species. So Peter, if people want to get a hold of you, or if if they want to you know learn more about you, read things that you've written, uh, you know perhaps in in blog form, where's the best place for them to find you? Yeah, well, my life exists at Shankman.com. I was I was smart enough to buy that domain name back in 1996. Uh, so Shankman.com uh, is, is where I keep my blog and everything like that. Um, my zombie loyalists with an S.com, zombieloyalists.com is the website for the book. Um, and I'm Peter at Shankman.com. I answer all my own email. And then everything social wise can be found with an app, Peter Shankman, so Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, the whole thing. So, Peter, I, I know you, you were such an early player uh, in the social media front. What, what do you tell people now <coughs> about social media that's different uh, from when you first got involved? Well, I think the best, you know, back in the back when I first got involved, everyone was trying to land rush and grab everything. So, hey, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing this on LinkedIn, on Facebook, on Twitter, on MySpace. On, you know, I tell people now if they want to get involved in their business, focus on where their audience is. Before they do anything, find out where their audience is. You know, that's where you want to start spending your money. That's where you want to advertise. That's where you want to engage. If you're, if you're, if you're spending all your time engaging where your audience isn't, well, you're wasting your time and you're wasting your money. So focus on where your audience is, and the best way to do that is to sort of ask your audience where they are, where you hang out, where you spend right. your time. They'll tell you the right answer. Yeah, and and I think it's so interesting because it's not always intuitive. I was with a, a, a travel company this uh, last week, and they specialize in destination weddings. And, you know, I had done some market research for them, bringing forth the information that, you know, brides spend, you know, I don't even remember the number of hours offhand, but they're spending their time on Pinterest. So if, if you're selling a travel product and you're not on Pinterest with that travel product, you know, you're missing the boat. Exactly. So, you know, it it isn't always instinctive or intuitively obvious. This happened to be a company that was involved in, in business to business, but, you know, explaining how their customers would only, uh, you know, get exposed if they were in those same places, and so to help them understand that. Um, Peter, what are what are the top two takeaways that you want people to have from from reading the book? I want people to be one level better than than norm. You know, just one level better than norm. We, we 
We expect such crap. I just want people to be one level better than crap, and, and they'll be shocked with the results. And I think the second takeaway is, you know, just because you're going into your office to work, like, you know, you go to lunch, and you come out of lunch, you go back to the office. Well, when you go to lunch at a restaurant, you put on your customer hat. Why do you take off your customer hat when you go back to the office? Keep your customer right. hat on and, and have people uh, that, you, that work for you, have them treat their customers the same way you would like to be treated when you go to that restaurant. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Peter, thank you so much for taking the time today uh, to share uh, just your your whole perspective on service. There are so many stories in this book that, you know, again, as you're reading it, you will just be able to relate so much, if not for your own business, uh, but I guarantee you there are people that you know who need to read this book. Again, the book's name is Zombie Loyalists, Using Great Service to Create Rabid Fans. We've been talking with Peter Shankman this morning. And Peter, have a safe drive and uh, just a terrific day. And thanks again for sharing your time with us. Uh, My pleasure. Take care. Okay, take care. And for more information about the Executive Girlfriends Group, it's executivegirlfriendsgroup.com. And we also have a Facebook page and then a private page for our members. Thanks for joining us. Have a super day.